Have you ever wondered, we sort of wrestled with this as a group here uh, this last year. Have you ever, ever wondered if Jesus was a brand, like a marketing brand? What would he be? What would he feel like? What would he look like? How would you get a hold of that? You know what I mean? Out of free fall, we love to be known as family. We love to be known as that park with a positive vibe, you know, where anyone feels like they can come to, like they were talking about here. So I actually think in the Gospel of John, we sort of capture a little bit of that heartbeat of Jesus, or maybe that brand of Jesus. You can see in John, John 1 here in the verse says, Jesus came, the word became flesh, made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son. He came from the father, full of grace and truth. That last statement there, full of grace and truth. I don't know about you, but I just filled up my truck, uh, the gas tank yesterday. I love when my tank is full. All right, especially in this economy. I'm not a fan when it's getting down to the middle, you know, half or third or empty. There's nothing quite like a full tank. I actually drove here this morning on a full tank. It was, it was beautiful. <laughs> full of grace, all right? Super generous. His arms are always open for you. Full of truth. If you ever wanted to know right or wrong or true or false, he's your guy. All right, I think that gives a snapshot of, of Jesus, maybe his branding. It's actually on your website, under messages. You talk about that. You want messages that are full of grace and truth. Really cool. Today, I'm hoping that you experience, that you have a conversation with that brand of Jesus. All right, we're going to look at the Samaritan woman, woman at the well, that conversation. And uh, I'm going to pray right now, just that God, God, you would just enter us right into that conversation. Allow us, draw us right into that moment. Um, allow our hearts and our minds uh, just, to, just to be free of anything that we came here with, thinking about, and that, God, we might just really turn our hearts and our minds towards you. So we love you, Lord. Allow your spirit to work here today. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so we're going to get right into the text here uh, in John 4. Starts off with saying, Jesus realized that the, that the Pharisees, they were causing trouble, right? They're trying to cause division and uh, just caused some trouble. They were keeping count of the baptism, saying Jesus did more than John, blah, 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 talking all that trouble. So Jesus, what did he do? He left the Judean countryside and went back up to Galilee. You see that at the bottom there? So it's interesting. You know, you'd think he'd stay around for all the accolades and the awards from a successful ministry. Now he's like, I'm out of here. All right, so what's he do? He goes from Judea back up to Galilee. We'll see that a little bit. And it says there that he had to go through Samaria. All right, he had to go through, pass through Samaria. And he came into Sakar, a Samaritan village that bordered the field Jacob had given his son Joseph, and Jacob's well was still there. It's very interesting how he uses those words that he had to go that way. The reality is he had options. All right, the reality is that he had options to go. Actually, in those days, uh, when you look at uh, the map on the screen here, you got Judea down low. He's going up to Galilee. Uh, he's saying that green arrow, we're going to go straight through. See, the reality is Jews in that days, they took the, the red line, the dotted line there. They would take the bypass. They would take the long road. Why would they do that? And the, they viewed Samaritans as like this mixed race, Okay. They were resulting from intermarriage of the Israelites who were left behind when the northern kingdom was taken away. 
the Assyrians came in, Gentiles came in. Those Jews that were left behind, they intermarried with those Gentiles. So now, in Jesus' day, there was like this bitter hostility between the pure, Gent- or the pure Jews, the pure nation of Israel, and those who had intermarried, those who had, you know, taken a step too far, those who were unclean. They actually viewed all Samaritans as unclean. Now, anytime you cast a whole group of people as one thing, what would that be called? That's really racism, right? <laughs> so, I mean, that's what's happening here. You see that. It's interesting how Jesus even uses, even roots, even our, the way, where we walk, the steps we take can point to deeper heart issues, right? And so what's crazy about this situation is Jesus walks towards. He walks towards. He, see, he had to go that route because it was mission-minded. It, mission it was like, that's why it was mission-focused. That's why he had to go that route. That's my thinking, at least. He doesn't avoid the situation. He doesn't ignore it. He actually doesn't, doesn't take that bypass. He hits it head on. He's on a mission to meet with this woman. And actually, he's on a mission to grow his disciples and really to grow each and every one of us, you know, as we think about life. Uh, out, at, out at Freefall, I often talk with our crew about, you know, every now and then there might be some situations out there, all right? This last Friday, there was probably about 40 or 50 students out there just having a blast. It's beautiful weather. I don't know if you can get out to enjoy this weather, but it's been awesome. And uh, so there's a bunch of kids out there. I don't, know, I don't know what you were like when you were young, but if you and all your buddies as middle school and high school students all got together at one spot, were you always perfect and do everything just right? I doubt it, all right? Me and my friends, we played in the woods. As long as we all came back out of the woods, and my parents weren't too concerned. You know what I mean? So now it happens a little bit more in public. So sometimes there's situations or things going on. And I always teach our staff, hey, we're going to walk towards. If there's something happened, you walk towards. You try to go interject yourself into that situation. You say hi. If there's a student that we're concerned about or we, we want to spend more time with, every time they come on the campus, you say hi, all right, so that they know that we know they're there, all right? <laughs> Because we care about them. We want to develop them. But uh, so, yeah, walking towards, what does that look like? My family and I, we were down at Cape May here recently and uh, went out for coffee. We love going out for coffee and ordered up our coffee. And there's this, there's this uh, lady in the uh, waiting area there on an on a, on a iPad. And she looked very different than me, but I love interacting with people. So I'm like, hey, do you mind showing me what you're doing? I saw she was doing some kind of art. So she was doing, she's like, sure. And it's like this root system with these people coming out of it. I mean, it was incredible. She was using Procreate. I knew what that was. We used that at Freefall with our art. Really cool. We had this neat conversation where I could just say, wow, that is some special art. That's some skill you have there. Just encouraging. That might be another picture of what it looks like to walk towards. All right. I was actually talking with one of our, um, one of the people, young people from our park this week, and they shared how I was surprised. They shared her generation, their generation. They didn't they aren't really looking forward to having children. I was like, man, kids are awesome. Like, that's been a highlight of my life. Like, why wouldn't you want to do that? Well, they referenced the economy, referenced, you know, there's the struggle of could we afford a child, referenced global warming and just the fears around us, you know, and actually went on to say that her friend, most of her friends don't have goals or don't have any real purpose in life. See, if that isn't a generation 
that would benefit from what Jesus offers, I don't know what is. Like, we're called to walk towards. Jesus walks towards you. There's one thing you hear today. I hope you hear that. Wherever you've been, whatever you've been doing, he walks towards you, and then he also calls us to walk towards others. As we continue on in the conversation, uh, the storyline, I should say, Jesus and his disciples, they end up at this well, like I was saying. He sends his disciples off for food. All right, he hangs out there. He's tired. Again, you see the humanity of Jesus coming out. This woman comes, and he says, can I have a drink? And she's like, she's taken back. How come you, a Jew, are asking me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? You don't do that. Jews aren't caught, caught dead talking to, to someone like me. Especially a woman like her who's come in the middle of the day. She has a reputation. All right? She's not going there the same time with all the other women of the town. No, she's the outcast. We get the impression that there's things that have gone on in her life that she's not proud of. Shame that she's carrying. Challenge that she's carrying herself. Jesus goes on to say, if you knew, if you knew the generosity of God, if you knew the gift that I have to offer you, if you knew who I am, you'd actually ask me for a drink. And this is confusing to her because she's like, you don't have a bucket. You, you're, you don't have nothing to draw water. Are you better than, than Jacob who dug this well? I mean, this well, Jacob's our hero. Like this well has provided for us, uh, up for my family, for me personally, for our livestock, for, to date. Like this is how we survive. Who do you think you are? He offers this living water. He's on, he goes on to say, this water that I'm going to offer you Anyone who drinks this water will get thirsty again. Anyone who drinks the water I give them will never thirst, not ever. This is a unique water that he's offering. I love how the Message Bible, I use the Message Translation for this next verse because it says this, this water will be like an artesian spring within, gushing fountains of endless life. Now, I'm not a well driller, all right? Maybe you are, but... Um, uh, I tried to look this up. You can Google it. There's actually an artesian spring not too far from here. And uh, it's the idea where the saturation level is above where the water comes out. So the water actually naturally flows and, and pumps out of this well because, because it's oversaturated. There's so much saturation. Does that make sense? Well, it's interesting to think about that Jesus offers a whole different source of water. It's this idea of uh, it's oversaturation where it's produced out of the overflow from within. All right, she's definitely interested. The woman goes on to say here, she says, I want some of that water. <laughs> I don't want to have to come back to this well again. No, I think what she wants, she essentially wants indoor plumbing. All right, <laughs> I, think, I think indoor plumbing is amazing, actually. Every now and then I'm at the house, I'm like, babe, who thought of this? <laughs> like, it's amazing, like... I love it. Think about that for a moment. All right, I got some other deep thoughts, but uh, that's, that's one that I really like. Uh, but I think she's, I mean, she's just physically thirsty. She doesn't physically want to come out to that well anymore. And then Jesus goes on and says this, and this is a little bit of a turn. Jesus says, hey, go call your husband and then come back. I have no husband, she says. That's nicely put. You have five husbands. 
The man you're living with now isn't even your husband. You spoke the truth there, sure enough. Now, in pastoral counseling class, you know, when we're going through school and they're trying to teach us about interacting with people, this is not the typical method that they would tell us to use, all right? I'm not sure. He's taking a left turn here. But this is Jesus, and um, so we'll give him a pass, I guess. It's interesting. You know, he definitely, what is he doing? He definitely seems to be taking it from the physical and saying, hey, I want to have an honest, real conversation with you. I want to talk about spiritual things. I want to talk about the deep longings of your soul. I want, I want you, let's talk. Now, she definitely has had this type of interaction before, I think. She, that's the whole reason she's there at noon by herself. She doesn't want to talk to some religious leader and get schooled on that and get like, just like taken down again, just like every other time, looked down upon. You know what I mean? She has been there, done that. And I think that might be why she sort of brings up this conversation about theology. Is it this hill or that hill that we worship on? And they interact, there's this interaction going on, but it's almost like a distraction from what's really important. Jesus is like, it's not about the hills, right? It's not about those physical places. Yeah, the Jews have it right, but it's like, hey, it's God is spirit. You worship him in spirit and truth. It's about the heart. It's about what's inside of you, all right? It's about, it's about what's it look like to connect with, with Jesus in our hearts, in our minds, in the things that people don't see, you know what I mean? In our, and, and she says, I mean, it's hard to fathom what, what is happening at that well, if you can see the field and the dust and, the, and this, the struggle of that woman and what she's carrying, all right? And she's like, you know what? I, I get it. You know stuff you shouldn't know. I don't know who you are, but when the Messiah comes, he's going to tell us. And she's trying to get out of that conversation. And Jesus says, I'm him. I'm him. You don't have to look any farther than me. I am that Messiah. This is fascinating. It's fascinating because this is the first time that Jesus has revealed himself as a Messiah, as the one. And he chose to reveal himself to an outcast, to a mixed race, to someone of low class. The last person that you and I would think about interacting with if we were there in that day. He chose that. This is beautiful. Jesus walks towards, he not only walks towards, but he actually sees us as we really are. That's truth. All right, he knows our deepest, darkest struggles. He knows those wrestlings that, that all those support groups that we're listing, like that's to help us to get honest. Jesus already knows but he wants to meet us in those addictions. He doesn't let us there in those struggles. You know what his grace calls us to? He says, I know you as you really are, but I actually long for relationship with you. I absolutely long to fulfill your deepest needs. I absolutely wanna just saturate your life, your deepest longings that you've ever had. It's a beautiful picture, beautiful picture of God's truth and grace. And that brand of Jesus just, just meeting a person right where they're at, hopefully meeting you right where you're at. 
I don't know if you're searching. Maybe you've been searching through relationships, jumping one to the next. All right, maybe you've been money, you never have enough. Success, you need that title. Leadership is not about a title. <laughs> That's not the deal. Andy Stanley says it this way. He says, it's, it's through that relationship, that water that Jesus offered, all right, is the very thing which her soul was designed to thirst, a relationship with the creator. A little while ago, my wife and I were going out for dinner. We get into our car. We have this potted plant on the front of our house. And that thing is looking dead. I mean, dead, dead. The, the things are hanging out over the edge. You know what I mean? There's just nothing to it. I'm like, babe, that thing needs a little water. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if that's coming back. She's like, it'll come back. So, you know, I pull it off, off the thing and it's like so light. You know, it's like, woof. <laughs> It's some water in there now. It's all heavy. Put it back up. We come out an hour later. That thing's living. It's like back up to life. A little bit of water. A little bit of water changes things. What's it look like? What would it look like for you to have a conversation with Jesus this morning? Maybe the first time you ever like actually had an honest conversation. Like this is where I'm at, Lord. I know you know that. Thank you for still accepting me. Thank you for handling that. That's the cross. He handled all that mess on the cross. He took care of that for us. And the resurrection is beautiful. It's beautiful. He offers life, life to the fullest. Starts, it can start today. It's not gonna be perfect today, but you sure as heck can get through life a whole lot better today. And the promise is for all eternity, we actually will live with the Lord. It's a beautiful promise. He offers that to each one of us today. You know, the disciples, they come back from getting that food. They are just shocked. Their socks are knocked off. They're like, what is he doing? Talking to this woman. Who would be shocked in your life if they knew that you were talking to the Lord, that you were being honest with the Lord? Would a family member, you know, would a friend, someone at school, the woman, she can't help but tell. All she could do was tell. She's like, I gotta go. I gotta go tell. She actually leaves her jar behind. She leaves the jar there in her confusion. She takes off and she's like, she's like, I gotta tell someone this guy is amazing. <laughs> He's the Messiah. Who should you be telling? Man, if you haven't shared your story lately, you gotta do it. This generation longs to hear. They care about spiritual things. They really do. They're hurting inside. They want to have a conversation with you. They want to interact with you. And then finally, the result, like it's absolutely amazing how you see the town, you see the woman. They come to this realization where they say, now we know for sure that Jesus is the savior of the world. Like he was a great teacher. He was incredible, better than Charles, who's been here forever. All right? <laughs> No, I'm, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I mean, you're really good. Uh, so, um, he's a great teacher. He's so much more than that. He's Savior. Savior, Messiah, the promised one. Someone who actually can meet us in our deepest, darkest secrets and not leave us there. Again, he can handle it. He can take us somewhere different. Savior of the world. 
That reminds me of John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. That's, that's us. That's you. That's me. All right? For God so loved Dave. You got to put your name right in there. That he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. You can know that you have everlasting life just by starting that conversation with Jesus, just by starting that relationship with Jesus. That's where it begins. Please join us in praying this year. Like at Freefall this year, our, our hope with this theme of the Samaritan woman, you know, she came to that well looking for water. She left with so much more. She left with so much more. Our hope is that as kids come to the park, maybe they come to skate or to bike or some, a free walking taco, whatever, I don't care. You know, we hope that they, they find community, they find family, they find encouragement, positivity. We'd love for them to meet Jesus. Lord God, I just thank you so much for your word. I just pray that it continues to grab our hearts uh, personally, Lord. I just pray that we would enter into those conversations, um, a conversation with you, an honest conversation with you, Lord, that just acknowledges reality in our lives. Uh, and thank you for the power and the strength that you offer to not leave us there, but to provide us so much more. And so I pray for healing. I pray for freedom in this space. I pray that over the park as we think to, to the end of the month here, Lord, and the event coming up and just our daily experience out there. I pray for all these support groups and all these ministries, all the places that, th that this wonderful group of people support. God, I just pray that your freedom and your spirit might work mightily in hearts today. So we love you, Lord, and commit all this to you. In your name we pray, amen.